Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Pilot Light, a podcast where increasingly we watch Netflix TV shows that aren't really pilots at all, and then we talk about them in a completely incorrect context. My name's David, and Sam, I fucked another guy. <laughs> Good for you. Glad, I'm proud of you. Um, fuck, fuck, fuckity, fucking, fuck, fuck, fuck. It's a Judd Apatow show. Uh, and I'm Joe, and will, for the love of God, will someone fucking fire Rob? <laughs> Lots of fucks in Lots this fucks. Uh, episode. I'm going to put an explicit tag at the start of yeah. this, I think. So, this week we watched the 2016 Netflix series. <coughs> it is not a large book. <laughs> it is Love, um, which is actually quite a difficult TV show to Google. Um, Charming. Just, just FYI. Uh, which is a TV show starring Gillian Jacobs and Paul Rust, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's his name. Which yeah. has had three seasons. Anyone seen a second of this before I said we should watch it? Nope. No. Hadn't even Just heard of it. Just the Netflix ads. Um, so this, I think, is going to be one of our... Definitely one of our last Netflix shows for a while, because we've done a lot this year. Um and it is kind of hard to apply our um, premise to a Netflix show because, yeah, like the 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 function of the first episode of Love, the TV show, is not to make you want to watch this program and pick it up and to pay them to make the rest of the series. The function of this first episode is like, does this make you want to grab them a remote and stop it auto playing the next episode? Which is mm. a much 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 lower bar. Yeah. yeah, it's one. They don't have I, to work quite as hard in the first episode, do they? No, they know they have like another nine episodes following it to kind of. As we talked about last week in the Haunting of Hill House, like the economics of television have changed, and that's just how it is. Sam, before we get any deeper into the the Netflix of it all, give me a plot summary. So this is a program that follows a couple who must navigate the exhilarations and humiliations of intimacy, commitment, and other things they were hoping to avoid. Uh, yeah, it's a Netflix t- a TV series. You, you're right, Dave. Like we have done a lot of these shows, and I think it's a symptom of, you know, like it's all there's loads and loads and loads and loads of these type of. It's things a symptom Netflix. of our cheapness and refusing to pay for TV. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even just that, guys. I think it's just like a. We don't watch. I don't watch broadcast TV like at no. all. I would if I wanted to watch something that was broadcasting on TV, I would have to like live stream on iPlayer because I don't have an aerial plugged in. And that's I think like why we tend to gravitate towards these especially with newer shows, we tend to gravitate towards Netflix shows is just because it's it's also the idea of having to like wait for the next episode is now so alien to everybody, you know, like you know, like I can't imagine so like the, the thing that's always been that's in the thing here at the moment everybody's watching seems to be that line of duty. And the idea of waiting for like another episode to come out every week is just completely alien to me. The whole idea. Well, we I mean, did I've it not, with. Not watched it, but we did it with One Division. Uh, we watched every episode as it came out, and that was quite quaint for the first couple of weeks. And then I was like, "Where's the rest?" You know, <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to consume this and be done with it. You know, stop dragging it out. Come on. It's like just, someone gives I mean, you a meal, like, like f- chip by chip, like <laughs> one one a week, and you're like, "For fuck's sake, I've been eating this for six months. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I, I cannot. Just give me the rest." It's part of the reason so, I stopped watching um, Game of Thrones when that was like being released because like I got Game to like of season three. Thrones. It's just, I'm looking yeah, forward to reading the reading the books about Game of Thrones as a t- television phenomenon, like the last 
um, the last monolithic water cooler show ever. The death rattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, of, uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, but this is not the Game of Thrones podcast. Let's talk about this episode of well, television. So as we mentioned, Sam, it's... Yeah, let, it stars. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. go. Stars Gillian Jacobs <laughs> and Paul Rust, and it's um, and it's kind of like the the brainchild of Paul Rust, who plays one of the main characters, Judd Apatow, as we've mentioned, and a third person whose name I don't have in front of me. Right. So Joe can look at that. So yeah, Judd Apatow. That's what I was gonna start with because he is one of those like he's very successful, real probably probably one of the defining if not the defining comedy minds of like 2000s cinema you know what i mean like you've got all of the the, these films 40 year old virgin probably the biggest example but it's probably the one that really i think cemented um him and that comedy style the kind of like the yeah the fuckity fuck gross out and everyone's being a bit obnoxious but it's, it's you know it's kind of like endearing at the same comedy. time and we talk a lot when we talk about the comedy from the 2000s about Ew. my magnus opus the <laughs> the comification of comedy and Joe Dapatow is kind of like the four-year-old virgin standing at the pinnacle of like that is one of the cummiest like quote-unquote family comedies ever made it's you know very sexual very slapstick it's this the american pie factor and we should say, before we move on too much, I know you guys probably haven't seen it, but he also did uh, Freaks and Geeks, which is a very short-lived um, TV show uh, about high school kids, which is excellent. And also where he met everyone he was going to cast in anything he ever made again. Seth Rogen's um, in it, uh, James Franco's in it, Linda Cardellini's in it. So before we move on, the third person is Leslie Arfin, um, who is actually married to um, Paul Rust. They married... Um, in 2015, um, but she we're going to have to be really been... careful to not just say Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah. Rust. Um, she, Paul Rust. she was a she was a, she was a writer for the HBO show Girls, and she's worked on um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, and actually drew on her own inspiration her own um, past in dealing with alcohol addiction while writing this show. So there we go. Yeah. There so we go. that sets up like where we are with this with this this type of comedy, and I think. I think it's very much in that vein, isn't it? You know, the the, the first the first part of this episode is, um, it, it's it's very sweary. It's very real as well. Like there's there's a reality, there's a grounded reality to this. I think it's like a bit, you know, maybe a kind of comedy slash drama type of thing. It's, it's almost on. it's almost like two episodes in one. There's like one part follows um, one character, one part follows the other, and they don't really like join together until literally like the last second of the last minute of the show. Um, yeah. so it's almost like two pilots wrapped into one, really, and um, with two mm-hmm. different storylines, and it just kind of it's, flits between the two of them. Um, and it's tonally odd. Like this is an episode because let's talk about the plot a bit more. Let's talk about uh, just off the top of my head. Let's talk about Paul Rust first, as his like arc in this episode. Um, maybe you know, being three white dudes in our thirties, like <laughs> that's the easiest one to connect with. Um, so Paul Rust's character, like in this episode. Um, He's a nerd, he's a bit of a loser, he's in his early 30s. His girlfriend, a long-time girlfriend, dumps him and he has to like move into... I love, by the way, in America, like these sad apartments for single men that we get 
in every sitcom, every single TV show or film ever made in America, even in Frasier, there's like a sad single man apartment complex. So he has to move into his... Bachelor pad. Exactly. I'd just, like sad... just like to point out, he technically dumps his girlfriend because she cheated on him. It's not she jumps in. Uh, ultimately, Joe, oh, yeah. ultimately, Joe, he's, he's the one got who moves all out. the power <laughs> in that relationship, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. But so he moves yeah. out into this apartment, like, and the, 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 the thread for him is kind of like this, you know being at a loss in your 30s and sort of not starting again as such but like well where do I go now like that was a long you know the long-term relationship and I'd never even considered that not happening we get a bit of his work life but really it's not a factor in this and it's kind of him like still bit you know being quite young in your early 30s but also being old as fuck because like if you talk to an 18 year old when you're 30 I can attest to you feel 55 years old it's being single again Don't. all of a sudden after being in a long relationship as well, isn't it? It's that that's that's what it's about as well. It's yeah. that kind of like readapting Didn't... to to life yeah. as a single thirty year old. This is just something I think that um, Jed Apatow has has like mined quite heavily in terms of obviously there's the forty year old virgin and that kind of thing. There's also this is forty, which uh, with Paul stars... Rudd, not Paul Rust. Paul Rudd and the oh, the woman who's the, the main woman in it. Who I can't, I remember, can't remember her name, but she's also in. They're two characters from Knocked Up, one of his other movies. That it's like that film is a spin-off of Knocked Up. Yeah, Leslie Mann is her yeah. name, and like so we get we we it, you know it's the kind of usual thing of I think the unique change that's happened in the last twenty years or so, in that you know a lot of people in their thirties are not really. Um, this guy. They're not really following the, the, Dave. This guy. Right they're not. Here. Re- but what? The, the 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 same. There's like a track. There's a track that you're supposed to follow, which is in your twenties. That's when you go off. One point five children. House of the picket fence. Two cars. Just like yeah. Sam. Well, no, I'm just saying, like our esteemed just friend like Sam. But in the, in your twenties, you're supposed to do that, and then in your thirties, that's when you that's when you're supposed to be settled and everything. And because of you know the, the terrible economic environment that we've grown up in, because of like. The, the complete changing in demographics and all the, all these other things like that's not the, the 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 reality for a lot of people so where do these people go what are they left with and and the tv shows we're, we're seeing now are there to kind of like explore that so that when you get this this guy and and more so the 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 woman Gillian Jacobs who is yeah Gillian Jacobs, who's a loser i mean she is a loser yeah. like she's that, a, she's that a is, drug addict what she's basically be, yeah yeah who who is you know, in a, in a in a toxic relationship with this with this guy who's you know who can you know, probably do better. You know, I think it makes a good point of showing that she could do better for herself, and she's kind of you know just kind of accepting yeah. rather than actually you know really doing everything that she could possibly do. Well, just it's in settling. a like yes, but at the same time, it's kind of like a reflection of you know. Be, I think both of these main characters, not necessarily almost any other character on the show, because none of them have a second facet, but these two main characters do seem to have, like, do you know what I mean, different facets of themselves. Like, Jillian Jacobs especially, I think, like, treads a decent line between, you know, she has a job and everything and other responsibilities, but she's also a bit of a mess, and, like, you know, I'm a man in my 30s who's, you know, not got it all together, and, like, that makes sense, you know? Lots of people do. It's the same with Paul Rust's character. Like, he is a bit of an arsehole and is, you know, when he breaks up with his girlfriend at the beginning and she's like, oh, you're nice, but you're like fake nice. And he is. And, you know, but it's again, it's like kind of like his realisation of like, fuck, 
am I a dick? And it's kind of like that. Mm. Yes, the lie is when we're young. The lie was that like by thirty you'll be settled down and married with kids and like everything will be fine and you know exactly what's going on. And then you're an adult and like actually no. Uh, the difference between being in our 20s and being in our 30s used to just be that you'd have more money, and now we don't even have that. <laughs> it is it is that real lie, isn't it? It is that real lie that, that, that I think is uh, told mostly by universities. Go to university and you'll get a fantastic job, guaranteed, which ended up being... And parents as well. Utter like shit. Your parents, when you're young as well, tend to be like, oh, you know, you need to know what you're yeah. doing, that sort of thing, you know. Because they fucking do. Yeah. yeah, my parents are in their 50s and they still don't have their shit together, you know? like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it just leads me to believe that it's all a lie. It's all a lie. I'm going to be 80 it's... years old and be like, I wonder if I'll ever grow up. Do as I, do as I say, <laughs> not as I do, Dave. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I use that all the time with my son. So excellent line. Very, very good. So, so this, so this show is is about exploring all that, and and as as we've talked about, you know, Jed, Jed Apatow is is good. I think that as well. I think he is good. I think he's he he's able to 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 capture a truth, and like, and express it in a way that's entertaining. Like, it's not a it's not a really depressing, miserable show. This it's actually quite light. It's quite funny. The bit where they're they're at the start where, um, the guy. Who, Paul Rudd. Rust. When Paul Rudd is picking, when Paul when Paul Rudd Paul is picking, he's everywhere. Rudd. Now there are three of him. <laughs> when Paul when Paul Rust is picking the the you know the the uh, the carpet, and they're like he you know, says, oh well, I, yeah, go for the blue one. And the girlfriend's like, oh, well, I like the orange. And he's, and he's like, oh, the orange is fine as well. I very much relate to that. Like of just expressing an opinion actually i don't really care it's fine just do whatever you want like <laughs> there's a lot of truth there's a lot of truth to i think that um less probably i i you know in terms of my relationship and my how i relate to the characters less so with with jillian jacobs because i think she's she's much more on the extreme end of like she really doesn't have her life together even more so than you dave uh, as a as a very you know i think like she she is really unsettled and has this horrible relationship massive or, or significant drug problem anyway and i'm interested i am i think it's compelling to see her arc where is she going to go with this um, i think that's more than just as a relative. sidebar like, i think you guys have read that slightly off i think she's an alcoholic in this tv show i don't think that she's necessarily in certainly in this episode she does take you know unprescribed drugs but I think that that's the the through line is that she has an alcohol problem, not that she has a drug problem. She's popping ambience, like no yeah, tomorrow. yeah, but like it's it's established. It's not substance, like a a substance yeah. problem. Then either I just way, wanted yeah, to delineate yeah. that because obviously we've only watched the first episode. Um, I was reading actually some um, some reviews uh, because as a, as a Netflix show, it these they don't they don't get the write up that like you know nineties sitcoms got uh, when the internet came around. So. I think just because you know the, the 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 audience for them is so much smaller than when we had six channels, um, so but the, the, as far as the reviews go, apparently I mean not so much this episode, but Julian Jacobs' portrayal of somebody with addiction problems is like pretty well done, I think, and pretty like and obviously you mentioned Joe that it comes from the mind, you know, the the, the Arthur's personal experiences, and I think that that's something that critics certainly thought like shone through in this series because it's. 
it's not always easy to do, is it? We talked last week on Hill House about that character who's oh he's a drug addict and he's in rehab and like it's the tropiest possible like he's robbing his brother stealing ipads and yeah. cameras and immediately as we saw in him exactly and that's kind of like you know one end of the oh it's drugs no drugs are bad spectrum and then this is kind of like the more you know actually people do usually do drugs because of like you know other to cope with other yes. issues that they it's might disca- have. In, in this case, it's like to escape the mundanity of life, effectively. Yeah. Who would who would take substances to escape the mundanity of the life? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Cheers. Uh, Cheers to that. Sam, that's a slimline <laughs> lemonade. <laughs> diet lemonade. I'm, uh, I'm currently on baby could come at any moment duty, so I can't drink. But when I can, don't you worry, I'll be hammering back those whiskeys live on air just for you, listener. Um, and that's a really good point, Dave, about like substance and how, you know, like her life is difficult and she's obviously struggling in lots of different ways. And there's interesting relationships with, um, I think, a sister or or one of her friends. And, you know, it's 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 not a positive thing that she's got going on around her. And that response of like, fuck, I'm just going to take some Ambien because that's going to make me feel better. Man, you know, if, if you're in that situation. You know what? I'm right. Sorry, there. just to- go on. If you're in that situation, you, who are you to say that you wouldn't react in the same way? Do you know what I mean? I haven't the, reacted not- in that same way. It feels very real, like the yeah. taking drugs or drinking to excess like as a way to cope. You know, that's that's something that maybe TV and film doesn't always... They're not always bothered about exploring. They're not always bothered about exploring <laughs> mm-hmm. that because, you know, it's easier to just say, drugs are bad! Like actually let's explore why this person like feels compelled to take drugs it's not just because drugs are fantastic it's because like you know drugs and alcohol they you know basically like deaden you to the world it's the same as people who are on antidepressants it's a similar thing but just going a different route route for it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely what about um paul rudd's character then <laughs> Uh, I, I, we have this thing about what we always miss. You know, we we call characters the wrong name, and I quite enjoy. Can I? It. Can I just? It must be very confusing for everyone. Can I? Else. Can I just say though that like you could entirely see Paul Rudd playing this character. It's the exact character 100%. that you could see him playing. Paul Rudd is too good looking to play this character, and I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> but I think Paul Rust in this. Um, I, I'm going to admit something here. Sam Sam texted me to say like, "Oh, you're an average looking guy in your early 30s," and I was like. Is Paul Rust an average-looking guy? Like, no offense to the guy. Like, he's a successful <laughs> actor, director, writer, and comedian. But like, you know, certainly not one of the classic beauties. And that's kind of like lends itself quite well to the series as a whole. I think is that like yeah. it's nice actually to see normal-looking people on TV, to see people who aren't like supermodels. And it would be harder to swallow this guy being like he's just a bit of a loser and he just doesn't have much backbone. And we see him get like. You know, his girlfriend leaves him because of the same reasons and... Well, sorry, he dumped her, as you said, Joe. Apologies. Well, but well, we well, see him at work I, where I, he I like, gets, like, walked all over and, you know, he's just a bit yeah. of a loser. Yeah, I like that he gets dumped because, like, she she has sex with somebody else, obviously not very satisfied generally in a relationship. And, like, his his response to that, you know, is almost the reason. Is It's like, well, just because I just don't want to be... Like the way that you deal with things, this false nicety is, is is horrible, as we've said. So it's it's like it, I think it cements it well in the first few minutes of of just of the problem that each of these character face you know faces within themselves. 
Um, Although, then, as much of a loser, then, as much of a loser as he is, he almost gets a threesome, um, and then manages to fuck that up. So, quite impressively, I think he's. I think he's okay on that one, Joe. Like, well, let's just talk about this now. So, um, we have we have the the series of plot lines. He's in his like pathetic. Like I should, we should say, quite spacious with a balcony apartment, his pathetic <laughs> bachelor apartment. Oh, this yes. guy, America, sort yourself Renting. out. Um, and he plays frisbee with some like teenagers who are outside, and then they invite him to a party, and he goes, and it's a bit like I don't know if I would go to a party with teenagers. I, I totally wouldn't. We wouldn't, Dave. We absolutely wouldn't. Absolutely not, because I honestly, who can? Who can like, I would have to be so because. So not sober to have. I just, I just like to, we, I just like to point out that we wouldn't even get invited. Um, <laughs> you there's no way invited. No, we wouldn't cool get invited. Guy. You totally. We, we wouldn't, wouldn't get invited. And even if we did, we'd be too busy recording a podcast <laughs> to go. <laughs> yeah, so it, we are more, more. We we are bigger losers than um, Paul Russ's character in this. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So the storyline there is that he goes to this party. He like you know we he, there's all these people who are on like a summer college trip or something um and essentially these two girls are like hey man you want a threesome and he's like yes <laughs> <laughs> and we get like a really this is peak judd apatow like a bit of nudity like suggestive you know and then it just goes like silly town and it turns out that he's like oh why don't, why don't you two kiss and they're like oh no we're not into that like you know we're sisters and we're not we're not gonna kiss and he's like um record scratch like what? <laughs> like, oh yeah, we're sisters. And he's like, you're sisters, and you both want well, to. Quite rightly, he says so. We're not really gonna have a threesome, but I we're gonna have like two twosomes. And he's like, I really enjoyed the dialogue in that scene, but it's a weird like. Wow, this suddenly took a took a left turn. This TV show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, I, it, it you you you're spot on about being like peak Avatar because this is this is it's that kind of cringe comedy yeah. thing, and it's and it's very much like if you were invited to have a threesome, imagine. Fuck um, it, I'd like take, I'd take it. Two, I'd just take, yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd be fine with just one woman, one thing. One and a half, some Christ, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm at the table well, I'm bargaining. You're both putting yourself out there on the internet right now. So if <laughs> anyone watching, he wants he wants to snap that up. Uh, then you know where to. If anyone out there's into really hairy white dudes who have a podcast, you're in luck. <laughs> there are loads of us. Almost all podcasts thank- are three hairy white dudes. <laughs> yeah, thank God I got married already. That's well, very fortunate. So, but but if 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 the, if you're in that situation, imagine imagine, then it would be awkward as fuck. Like the whole the whole thing, you know, it's not going to be like the movies. Or, or or pornography. It's the whole thing is going to just be like, okay, so I mean, where am I going to go, and where do you want it? Like, it's just awkward as shit. Yeah. And I really like that like, portrayal of it. Do you know what I love? And about then we it? have the sister thing, which is uh, it's, interesting. It's funny, and like, what's funny about it is his totally like normal. Like, you can see his brain working and being like, oh, threesome and sexy women. Oh, they're sisters, and he's like, bing, bing, can bing. Can I get into That's... trouble for this? Can I? Yeah, it, like... Is this illegal? <laughs> That's not okay. That's what I'm. Am I okay with that? And you can see him kind of like again, like it's a good performance, and like it's a funny bit. And then when they they're like, "Well, fuck you, man, if you don't want to have sex with two sisters," and and, and I'm like, mm, "I'm kind of with him." He's like, "Well, just one of you want to stay." <laughs> like I really love, I really love how pathetic that is, and it's delivered in such a way as well. And they they're like, "No," and he's like, 
but you know fair fair dues you don't ask you don't get you know absolutely yeah i do question that if you know a guy this this pathetic this this guy much of a loser would this be the line for him do you think he'd actually be like well oh well that's fine like i'm you know you you only live once you've got to experience these things and they're not going they don't want to kiss each other so there's no incest technically going on technically maybe i don't know i'm not gonna bat for this <laughs> i'm not gonna bat for this to be i'm clear. not sure we're qualified to be the incest police on this scene um i think we'll leave mm-hmm. that to you know the actual police um okay well i don't yeah i'm not sure a crime would be no i don't think there would be a crime in that yeah situation. i don't think there would be a crime there no I don't want to get in mired down in whether incest, the legality of incest, or like, or really. So, what do you think about incest? Or really, say, or really have like a podcast statement on that? Fuck. Um, I think this scene's funny. Well, I think we should. I think we should say we're very, we're very anti incest on this podcast. I think that's the side we should be on, Dave. We're not like pro incest in <laughs> yes. any way. I really hope. I really hope that <laughs> concrete state statement doesn't come back to haunt you, Joe. Like, <laughs> it's not going to. It's not going to. It's not going to haunt me in any way. Uh, I don't know what you plan to do later, Dave. But um... who knows what the future holds, Joe? Trump was elected to office. Anything could happen. But, but even then, it doesn't really reflect on me in any way. <laughs> if it's not me that's actually doing it. <laughs> I'm going to move us on, and for the benefit of my continued employment, um, I think that's probably for incest the best. cast. <laughs> no, that's God, that's thank a God, no one listens to this. Three hairy white guys. Um, so, <laughs> so back to love the TV show. Um, so we have this scene with Paul Rust, and like again, it's a fun <laughs> character moment, and kind of like you get these moments of Apatow stuff. We get a lot with Gillian Jacobs as well. With like Judd Apatowy stuff, a lot with the boyfriend. The scene that made me laugh the most is probably when he's like, "I've got to go," and this is like a forty-year-old man. Uh, my mum's taking me t-shirt shopping, and she's like, "I beg your pardon," and he's like, "Yeah, it's, my it's mum's pant, me pant shopping because he's like, I'm a human being. I deserve pants." You know? <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> she goes out to the car. She's like, "If you go pant shopping with line. your mum, you know we're done." Blah 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 blah, and then she screams into the car with this guy and his mother like he's coming to the in me <laughs> he's not my friend he's coming still inside me he's coming still i mean that is that's that's it that's a good that's a good thing to shout to the um the the, the mother of your boyfriend ish whatever thing that's a interesting thing to shout yes it's it's a great line and it's and it's i mean there you go there's your commification of comedy <laughs> Tick quite, quite right literally. there. We get the bodily fluids reference in from from the Apatow. Yeah. Um. So basically, what? Do what TV, so, so, this, so where do we think this TV show is going? Well, yeah. I, was I mean, it's, it's yeah. basically going to be those two meeting each other because they do meet right at the end. So you have this whole thing where um, this boyfriend kind of takes her to this really weird, like I don't know what is it. It's like a kind of religious slash cult seems thing. Like a cult. Um, it's Scientology, yeah, isn't it? Basically, I mean, because they're in LA, so it's like a cheap Scientology. And, and you kind of like you probably won't be like stalked and harassed and possibly murdered. Yeah, she she effectively then just gets to like the, the the end of a tether, and she's like, yeah, this isn't going anywhere, and gets up on the stage, makes a bit of a dick of herself, and then like walks off. 
and then um, he effectively you know screws up his threesome, um, and then it cuts to like a, another scene where they're in I think it's like a service station or something like that, um, and she's trying to buy a coffee and realizes she doesn't actually have any money on her, and she's then the guy says that well if you don't have any money you can't have the coffee and she's like so you're just gonna let it have cold to have an argument about how loud she's poured the coffee like she should be able to drink it and then pay him later, and then. Um, Paul Rudd's character kind of appears and says, oh, I'll pay for that for you, and that's when they finally meet. Um, so that's kind of the end of the first episode, is the two of them but finally is it getting Paul together. Rudd or is it Paul Rudd's clone? <laughs> that's what we really need. We need, like, a crossover between the two shows, you know? Do you think um, our listeners are as, like, Let's cut. into the canon of the episodes we've recently done? I feel like maybe we lean 100%. too heavily on that. 100%. Let's let's go. Let's call him Roll Pod. Roll pod. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it's a nice. So, what do we think? So, yeah, what, what's the next steps after this? Obviously, I think we're going to see the the development of, of their relationship. Now, from what I understand, reading up through the reviews and and just you know looking ahead at the plot, it appears actually. Um that there's quite a decent like portrayal of of relationships in this and how two people you know meeting for the first time in a petrol station and then kind of like that awkwardness of 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 how you um kind of get to know someone you know like it's I, i'm i'm happily married in a long-term relationship but so even just like no, but even just chatting to someone, even just chatting to someone you know, like at a kid's party that you've never met before, like it's hard work. It, your brain needs to be, you know, thinking about what yeah. am I going to say next, and I should ask an interesting question, and all these like these things that you have to do. And I think that I kind of like the I like the, the 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 trajectory of this in terms of exploring that and watching these two losers like figure each other out and try figure not to out like, how try they not to can, fuck it up again, basically. Yeah, yeah, I'm compelled. I'm compelled to watch. Yeah, more. I would agree, Sam. Actually, like I know, obviously, I mentioned off the top. Let's we're not going to talk about this as a pilot because it's not, it's not what it's trying to do. Like Netflix knows from its algorithms that they've got two or three episodes to get you. Like usually, you know, mm-hmm. if it's a Netflix series, you're not just going to watch the first episode, and because of the way that Netflix budgets things, like the whole first season of this was made before any of it was released. So, mm-hmm. kind of like probably greenlit off a script, especially with someone like Judd Apatow at the helm. Like, they're not worried. They're not worried yeah. about them, them losing money on this. It's it's worth um, it's worth one season at least, even if it exactly. bombs. It's worth the season. Like we said, this ran this has run for three seasons and has like pretty middling to decent reviews. Um, the reviews I read certainly said that like the first three or four episodes are a bit dull, and then we're kind of like into the soup. You know, we're into the good stuff, um, and that seems to be the fair. The fair norm for an yep. Netflix show. I do, like you, like, um, like you, like you said, Dave. They, they know they have the full season. All they have to do in this first episode is effectively not be so fucking shit that you don't turn it off immediately. That's all they have to yes, do. Paging, haunting of Hill House. Um, <laughs> but apparently they weren't too shit because loads of people love that. So it's weird. I don't oh, get sorry, it. Sorry, paging. Yeah. What was that terrible? Hoops. Uh, hoops. Hoops. Hoops was the worst thing we've ever seen. Um, it was. Yeah. Eye like, bleach. I bought this was a fun episode. Like there were funny bits mixed with like dramatic bits. It's a bit too fucky, like the word fuck, yeah. not actually fucking. Because I think we only actually see two sex scenes, which is relatively light, light for Judd Apatow. Um, three, it's a three, bit swe- kind it's of. a bit sweary. <laughs> let's not let's not bicker back mm-hmm. and forth on that show. Um, it's a bit sweary, but like otherwise, I was entertained. I wasn't bored, and there were bits where I was like, 
get to the money, you know, like when are these two going to meet? But I wasn't bored. I think it's quite well made. Uh, I think the cast is pretty good. I like Julian Jacobs, uh, obviously from Community and uh, several other bits and pieces. Uh, Paul Rust, it turns out, I have seen before in several things in minor roles. He was in an episode of Parts and Rec I was watching last night, and I was like, oh, it's Paul Rust, <laughs> who I only just now realised was a person. Oh, it's Raw Pod. It's Raw Pod. <laughs> yeah, it's recognisable uh, by his nose. It's the of Paul Rudd. It's the clone of Paul Rudd, but the machine didn't do it right. Yeah, uh, it got it got, it got stuck <laughs> yeah, on the nose a little bit. It just pulled yeah. it slightly. Jesus, Joe. Fucking hell. So... So 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 yeah, like there is there is a lot here. Let's just let's just stop a little bit a minute on on the Netflixness of this because we have talked about this previously in our last couple of episodes. But I think I think let's try and crystallize it. Let's try and kind of like pin it down to the mechanics and the like you know a grand theory for this because I think this is I think this is basically Netflix is 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 making TV that no one watches and. It doesn't really care, you know, and that's that's quite an extraordinary thing when you think about the basic idea of what television is supposed well, to, be, to Sam, be consumed. Netflix is a TV, you know, it's a TV network for all intents and purposes, run by accountants, and I'm going to explain that. So, as opposed to a TV network which has a bunch of executives who really don't know what they're doing, and the economics of television are. Honestly, sometimes it's very difficult to understand how anyone makes money. Netflix is very simple. They want subscribers. They don't give a shit if you're watching Netflix, but they want you to be paying for it. So what they need to yeah. do is have enough like umbrella shows, big shows like Stranger Things is a good example, or like I'm sure there are other popular Netflix shows. Um, Origins of the New Black, that was a Netflix show, wasn't it? It, it doesn't even um, doesn't even need to be Netflix though. Even if they have like stuff that people want to go back and watch, like Friends, for example. Yeah, well, I, I'm getting to that, Joe. So we've got like they need to have big umbrella shows that they're making, like Stranger Things, like Origins of the New Black, um, to, together with basically they need Friends, like they need mm-hmm. your classic '90s sitcoms that people are going to binge, and then after you've got like a couple of big old things and a couple of big new things, you just need content, and they kind of like. They understand that that it doesn't really matter if nobody watches whatever shitty Netflix film has been made this week, as such. But if it gets people to like a good example is that Will Smith film um, with the orcs and the, the police. Yeah. Um, like you get yeah. a big name, and it kind of doesn't matter if you make shite because it gets people in. They buy a subscription, and the way the human brain works, usually people don't cancel these things very quick. So Netflix is getting its money. It's how Kevin James keeps getting work. And- <laughs> yes. That Adam Sandler <laughs> account you, for one hundred percent of his paychecks. <laughs> the, the the biggest difference, the biggest difference, this is obvious, but the biggest difference is advertising. Like there isn't the desire, there isn't a need to get eyeballs on it. You know, every single show is measured by how many people watched it, how many people watched the ads, and those ads transfer into, you know, pay per million or whatever it is um that, that the, the rates that TV networks charge. If Netflix doesn't have those ads, there isn't any reason to 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 kind of for people to watch it. Now that's kind of good, isn't it? This idea of the TV that that no one's watching is good because it means that if you love if you love, you know, uh, aggressive shouty redneck um, animated TV shows, brilliant. Netflix has you covered for at least a season. If you love, you know, horror shows that are sedate and boring, <laughs> brilliant. Netflix got you covered. So it, it Netflix can segment its audiences in a really interesting way. And so a show like this, 
which is you know like it's it's broader than the ones we've watched previously i think but it's certainly it's certainly hitting a niche of people who are are in that you know in their 30s and, and want to kind of yeah we've seen we've seen one, dozens one, of shows with this exact same premise but it's about um and i would say as well it's about divorced people in their 40s and 50s or it's about teenagers but like or you know, people in the early 20s but we very rarely get the in between I think it's like again that societal rejection of like people in the 30s have it together they're all fine blah 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 um, so like you said Sam it is hitting a niche um, and it's interesting that like we get such a breadth I mean I haven't watched that many Netflix shows <laughs> really but uh, I've seen I've seen the ads for this probably since it came out like I've seen it because adver- Netflix suggests things to watch I've seen this on the suggestions Ugh. of things to watch dozens of times it's kind of why i thought of it as something that we could we could you know we could watch and probably because netflix knows who you are it has all the data about all you know if you've watched friends over and over and over again then it's like well let's share my netflix netflix has no fucking clue who i am (laughs) (laughs) there is just one other one other i watch star trek i watch Spirit Riding Free, which is a, a, a kid's cartoon about a girl with a horse. <laughs> I watch iCarly incessantly and whatever shite Ross and Amy watch. Oh, and that person, uh, I had a, a mirror, a profile that just popped up on my Netflix for two years and I didn't do anything about it until they tried to change my account password. Um, I was just like, that's fine, you just watch my Netflix, no problem. How rude. <laughs> if you've given them two years of free Netflix and they're trying to change I'm your password. I'm a Sam, I just don't on. have any money. <laughs> um, there is a third, libraries, but what I can do is give a hacker Netflix for two years. <laughs> I was going to say there is a third kind of show that they have as well. They tend to like so if there's popular TV shows that get dropped by other stations, they can pick them up. So they've done it with mm. Lucifer, for example. Yeah. Um, Which was a, was that a, was that a Prime show initially? That was a Prime initially, and that was dropped, and then Netflix picked it up. Um, so and you know the they, they can do that. Yeah. The Expanse, or is that the other way around? That's another remember. show that got dropped by one of the streaming giants and then got picked up by somebody else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've, they've done it with a few shows, I think, where like you know it's a popular show on another platform that gets it basically gets cancelled, and then they'll pick it up for another epi- another couple of seasons, basically. Um, and that's yeah. another way of getting subscribed because obviously if they've been watching it on Amazon, you Prime, attract that fan base, don't you? Yeah, like even yeah, if so, what you make is shite, and this is what Netflix realizes. Like, let's not institute this incredibly high bar we aren't hbo we don't need to make everything to the same standard let's just crank it out let's make sure like it you know i will say most netflix shows look pretty good they're filmed you know pretty well and like streamed pretty well and that's kind of what they realize they're like right as long as the stream quality is good like we can almost drop almost every other mark of quality and -hmm. it's fine let's just get stuff out there let's just fill the library actually arrested development another good example of that as well actually yes yes that's the yeah. example, isn't it? Yeah, that's a little bit on a little bit because Netflix is is you know there's this perception that it doesn't make any money because a lot of its revenue in the past was like venture capitalist funding, so basically just people pumping money and hoping to get a return. That's kind of changed a little bit. They are now making profit. They are actually um, you know profitable in that sense. However, there's there's you know there's lots of the dodgy accounting, but also because their spending on content has dropped. And it and it, it takes us back to the reason why there are so many Netflix originals, and they kind of pioneered that thing as well of like we are just going to chuck billions and billions into into you know producing content. It's because Friends is expensive as shit. You know, every single one of them, 
needs a million dollar check once a week mm-hmm. all the friends even fucking gunter needs a, a goddamn check so like tv like that is expensive so what do you do well let's make our own that costs us nothing we pay you know we pay judd apatow a few million we pay yeah. these actors and then it just sits i mean on other the, than on the other than julian jacob are. and paul russ could did you recognize any of the other actors in this there was her yes. the other guy at her work actually um he's been in a couple of things and i've forgotten his name well, that's like um, a but what what Sam's getting at, Joe, is kind of like it's it's the a, a, actors' wages are actors' wages, and like residuals. Obviously, Netflix will have its own rules with residuals. The th- thing with Friends, the reason the Friends costs so much is because it costs so much for whichever network produced Friends that they know that like oh, this is our cash cow. It cost us, like you said, per episode at the end of Friends, the Friends were getting a million each. That's six million per episode before you fucking turn the camera on. And so they're recouping all that money now, today, by licensing friends out to streaming giants rather than doing it themselves. And like the Netflix show, you know, yes, they've paid to produce it and they've paid those fees. But then after that, it's free. They own it. They own the rights to it. They don't need to license it from somebody else. They can show it in the UK. They can show it in Ireland. They can show it in America and Canada, wherever. They don't need to worry about licensing it. Um. And, and and Netflix has spent sixteen billion sixteen billion dollars in the last ten years doing so. <laughs> so now they're saying we don't need to borrow any more money. We are actually profitable, but it's taken a heck of a lot of time to do that. And so shows like this are probably you know these Netflix um, originals that we've been you know trudging through. We're probably going to see less and less of those over the next we while, where subscriber count is now being challenged. Disney Plus is is a big you know foothold in this. There's Peacock, there's HBO, there's all these Apple different TV services stuff. that are now competing. Yeah, f- yeah competing for your Apple time, players. and so Apple Pay. And so now Netflix, like, what do they do? They can't really afford to keep buying Friends. Are they are they making more content or is is this business model going to fail? Because I think there's a real potential for this whole thing the to crash down. This golden age yeah, of television, sure. and also that, that like, we've lived through just to go pop. TV shows don't run as long on streaming for some reason. Like, and that isn't always the rule because obviously Lucifer's gone for about fifteen seasons or whatever it is. Um, but this has had three seasons, and I think Netflix has said that's it. That the, the next season is going to be the last one. And like they do this quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Like even Orange is the New Black, that ran for sort of seven, eight seasons, and then they were like, "Yeah, we're done with this now." So I think there's like a shorter shelf life for a streaming TV show because Netflix knows, for instance, and this is something that um, network television could never do with the same sort of accuracy. Netflix knows how many people are watching the first episode of Love, for instance. They know how many people are watching the first thirty seconds and turning it off. They know how many people are going on from the first episode and watching the second episode. Not just a Nielsen rating, like your total numbers. They know that you yeah. pause the episode halfway through to go for a piss. They have all of that data. So they kind of use that to say, right, what's the drop-off being, you know, per not per episode, but per fucking minute. Like, how many people have watched three episodes of the latest season and then stopped? You know, like, that then informs whether something gets renewed. And, like, so the goalposts have moved. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. a couple of other things. Yeah. And uh, sorry, no. I was just going to say I was going to move back on to the, the kind of the show specifically. But if you've got something else to mention, Sam, go for Perverse. it. Perverse. Well, just ju- it's just 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 today's point of they know everything. There was a story a couple of, a year or so ago of someone who watched and Netflix tweeted this. They watched Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring three hundred and sixty-one times in I think the space of a That's year. Impressive. Uh, 
It is, and 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 I think eventually they found the woman who said that it was something to do like getting a baby to sleep or something. That there, there seemed to be something that was settling about this, uh, you know, the, this fantasy movie. So Netflix knows, and Netflix is interested. The thing I read, in, in the thing why I read, Sam, that. was that somebody had watched B movie, the um, the Jerry Seinfeld movie, two hundred times in a year, and basically Netflix had like. Wow sent them an email to ask if they were okay <laughs> like like a, is everything someone at netflix had seen this and gone something's up here and they so they sent like an email saying like you're you okay is you know is everything going all right like you know you seem to be watching b movie kind of a lot <laughs> like watching lord of the rings a, on looking Luke, out for someone sure that's help. one thing watching b movie <laughs> it's a different thing Sorry, Joe. Um, what so you just say? on the, on this epi- this this show. So the other character in this, or the other actor I recognised was Brett Gelman, um, who was um, her. I don't know if it was a boss or work colleague who told her to fire Rob, um, and he is in um, Fleabag. Um, I think he's um, yes. her sister. I think Fleabag's sister's husband. I think is that. Oh yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. I know who you mean. Well done, um, Joe. So he spot. was the other one. Love Fleabag. Yeah, Fleabag's great. So he was the other one I recognised in this. Point. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing I was just going to mention was the product placement right at the start as well. The first like scene. Oh. Um, they're both sat. They're both lying in bed basically on the laptops, and it's like they're square in front of you. Um, I think one's a Samsung and one's Apple, isn't it? Something like that. So they've got both of them. Money. You know what? Like, Speaking I get you. I get what you're saying, Joe. But at the same time, like, for the production, it's so much easier to just use laptops that you have lying around than to like, oh, let's mock up a pair, or let's. Oh, it's Apple, but let's not advertise for them. Like, sometimes it's just a. We've got two laptops. Yeah, great. One of them's a MacBook, and one of them's a. Oh no! It's completely no, no, no! It's completely yeah. measured. Like they're going to be going. Apple's like, no bad guys are having our laptop. That is a real mm-hmm. thing. Like they don't let bad guys have. Um. <laughs> Their, their phones and yeah, stuff. Yeah, only like in that. real life do it bad is guys sp- have Apple products. Like yeah. Apple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apple pay us yeah. to be nice to you. But no, it is it is it is always egregious. And I and I would just say, you know, speaking from my MacBook Air, uh, with my Sony headphones and my Yeti Blue microphone, we will we will accept absolutely anything. Please just <laughs> we get are in touch. Desperate, Please desperate just... to be paid to do the advertising that we basically do for free. Like, I'm wearing a books t-shirt. Have it, it your is. way. Pay me, <laughs> you know. Um, but I should say, like, we're kind of circling, not circling the drain here, but we, you know, we haven't talked about this episode for a while. Oh, there's nothing to yeah, talk I about. I think this <laughs> is kind of like a, a, a tentative one thumbs up from me. I, I'm probably going to watch more mm. of this. Like, I'm not... I yeah. didn't watch more of it there and then. I haven't been like, oh, I wonder what's happening. But I'm probably going to watch more of this. I enjoyed it enough. I didn't hate it, you know? And I think maybe I'm, we're all sort of on the same page there, except yeah. Joe. No, I mean, no, I'm probably on the same page. Like, I'm not going to instantly watch more of it. But if, like, at some point I'm looking for something to watch and I accidentally stumble across it, and, you know, I think I could get into it. But I'm also not at the point where I'm like, oh, dear God, I need to watch more of this. It's not. You know, it's not that kind of show. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a middling of middle of the road kind of TV show, really. You know, yeah. if you're looking for something but to kill a few hours, of it, go for like, it. You know, that really appeals to me. Like, oh, only yeah. three seasons. I could just watch it and then be done. That'd be fantastic. Wouldn't that yeah. be great? Nicola and I, had, we've we've exa- well, I've exhausted suits. I just can't deal with that show anymore. She's plowing ahead. Now. They make about oh my, twelve with episodes with a fortitude only known to Joe. 
it's just it's just horrific. But I think this is a good show that you know we would sit down and watch together because it's kind of like it's it's kind of that type yeah. of show, isn't it? You can sit and enjoy it. It's light enough. And it's yeah, not it too doesn't require and, doesn't yeah, require too much effort to like sit and watch. You're not trying to like work things out <laughs> or having to pay attention that much. And high praise from the Imaginary yeah. Movie Podcast. A tentative you... will eventually get to. Maybe. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show. Are we, Joe, can you confirm, are we past scheduled episodes? No, we have one more. Modern Family. Oh. What is it? Oh, Christ. Modern Family, though. Oh, good yeah. good show. Yeah. Network. And a proper pilot. I network, think. A network show. show. Proper um, pilot. And I think we're What's it on, anyway? Do can do it. Is it on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Or? It's on Now Netflix TV Society. and it's on Netflix, I believe. Cool. Brilliant, um, brilliant, and hopefully, hopefully, we don't discuss incest ever again on this podcast. Until next week on Incest Cast. <laughs> <laughs>